The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. When Swift is on the grill, good times are sure to follow. And we'll help you keep them going around the grill all season long. Good food, good moments, one great meal. Come together with Swift. Good morning, listeners. How are you? Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time you're just I'm not going to tell you what time I'm doing this in. I'll probably give it away because I'm a sucker. I'm, I've, I've always thought I might be a good secret agent, but I realized I couldn't. I just blabbed too much. You know, that's a free associative thinking thing. And doesn't mean positive or negative, but welcome to the Keys Bartender Show. It has been or will be or is... A beautiful day here in the Keys. It's starting uh, spring break for my daughter. And a lot of them have been in full swing. There's people down here. I guess we have to deal with it for the next three weeks. Or two weeks. Depending on when Easter's. When's Easter here? Two weeks. The fourth. So, boom, ba boom, ba boom. That calendar, you know, with... Ever since I was younger, I always had a problem with left-right confusion. I'm a lefty. And fortunately, when I went to Catholic school, they didn't force you to try to be a righty, but they did try to ensure proper penmanship. Or, you know, you did the penmanship thing. And I guess they did it in every school. And lefties always had it hard by the position they were writing from left to right. You know, when you write on your right, your your finger's not is drag, dragging across a uninked page. But left to right, a lefty drags her hand across their pencil or ink later on and gets kind of smudgy. So they all do sorts of different contrivances on how to put your hand over. You know, kind of like almost, it looks arthritic for some young people. It's just a shame. But it's just the way things are. Just the way things are. And uh, the same thing with scissors, handling scissors, doors. You know, doors are open, the knobs are on the right. And you know, well, actually, a lot of times it favors, some things favor people on the left. So you never know. What they are. They seem to try to make it more convenient for people that are right-handed. And actually, a lot of times it's safer for people that are left-handed. Just think about people that answer a door. For Let's say someone's coming to bushwhack you or something to assault you in your home invasion. Right? And if you're a lefty and you go up to open the door and you use your left hand, well, your whole body's almost over against the door jam. Where a right hand, you're standing right in front of the door. And so you through the door. In that instance, being right-handed does not give you an advantage. 
your whole body's kind of shielded by the side of the wall when you're left-handed open that door from the inside. So there's one thing for you. Okay? And it gets an advantage goes to the right hand when you're open when you're outside the door. But I'm not here to talk about left and right-handed contrivances and how things are tough for different people. Fortunately, I've been, it's weird, I've been blessed to be born at this time in history. I know this, everyone says, oh my God, the coronavirus, this, that, boom, 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 boom. Well, I'm 57 years old. I'd have to say I'm in the middle income level, probably upper in education, middle in a country, one of the wealthiest countries in the world has ever seen, which is good. We have a healthy middle class. It may not be as healthy as it was once before, but it is. Things in retrospect compared to a couple years ago may seem tough, but it doesn't if you put it in context with a couple hundred years ago. We have indoor plumbing. We have electricity. We have a infrastructure that allow us to hop on a plane and get from coast to coast within six hours where it used to take months and months and months. And a lot of times going a thousand miles away when you're not in the elite is a goodbye forever. So when family leaves, the immigrants used to leave like Ireland, Poland, Italy, uh, all different places in the world. That was it. It was a major, major investment to emigrate or travel across the ocean to come to the United States. But nowadays, you could just go wherever you want with moderate investment on your own, right? So so that's pretty good. So my point was that, and, and then I was born into a demographic uh, white male that some people suggest gives you more, and I tend to agree, that there's an non blockade to it, to progress or access. And I've seen it happen in my way. I've had, you know, I've had a DUI one time and it gave me a release on my own recognizance because I was dressed, I was clean and dressed nice. It seemed. You know what? That's my thing I want to talk about later about confirmation bias. But I, I was close, the judge could identify with me because we seen this, we both had Irish last names, surnames, and we uh, we had similar characteristics. So he may just let it fly, that he may not let someone else. But I don't have the evidence of that, so I can't really say that. But I do realize there weren't a lot of restrictions in my life. And any time someone had harbinged a kind of a barrier, threw up a barrier to me, was more personal as their personal problem someone had. So I can't speak to the personal feelings that it is to feel like they're discriminated against, but I can be aware of it, that people can be discriminated against. And I can accept that it happens. And that's just being aware. I'm not really, not like, I don't have power to really do anything other than 
say what I speak from my heart and say what I believe. But I've been fortunate to do that. And so when I get to speak on things, a lot of times I don't have the experiences that other people, people of color or uh, women or people of different ethnic, other ethnic or racial backgrounds. There is a current, the issue of anti-Asian not necessarily anti-Asian hate speech and and seems to be prevalent. The topic is prevalent right now. It's been headlined by that shooting in Georgia where the young fellow went and killed six workers at a spa, Asian house spa. And we all know, you know, when someone with my background hears an Asian spa, it translates as a massage parlor, which translates as a sex worker, the person that works inside there. I, it's hard It's hard to hear that, but that's what they are, and that became, it became that thing. Whenever you're in a big city and you see Tokyo Gardens, or Hanoi, the Hotel Hanoi, or anything like that, spa, it's usually women that have limited uh, resources. And I have some experience in that, this, but they limit us to the English language or knowledge of the English language. And after the fact, after you find these people, you find out there a lot of them are involved in the, are human trafficking, sex workers. But over here under sometimes different premises, maybe for that exact premise, they were told that they work in a spa. Most of the time, I'm, I would imagine that they weren't told that, that they would have other type of job. I wouldn't, I hesitate to say legitimate, but another job that wouldn't involve sex. So a lot of times they have their passports held and stuff like that. And a lot of the speech that we've heard over the last year kind of gets negative towards the Asians. Rightly or wrongly, where the origins of the COVID uh, virus is from, it doesn't really matter in the way we paint the people that are over here, they weren't involved in that. And let's say the worst case scenario was developed in a lab in China and it was released for nefarious purposes. That would be a group of people in China, not Chinese people. Okay? They happen to be Chinese people, but I'm just saying it's a group of people inside there. And always when something really horrible seems to happen, it's always just a group of people. It's not everyone. It's not everyone involved. You always have the people that die hearts that are involved in make the decision-making process. And even in the decision-making process, there's only a couple people at the very top that make the decision, but you need to have a bunch of people that follow the waters underneath. Not necessarily for relieve, uh, releasing a virus. You could do that with very few people. So, But we're not here to discuss that. We... I'm trying to discuss the repercussions of the biases we have.
how easy it is. Sometimes I come in contact with it as a bartender. I come in contact with lots of people with different ideas. And they range. There's people that have tons of conspiracies theories and they have their news sources and where they go to and they follow it. And they range in the, let's say, there's a myriad of intelligence levels. There's this woefully under-educated or uninformed. Uninformed. I hesitate to say educated because there's educated people, people that have degrees, that know they're in their lane. But they don't know the wider human experience. They haven't been open to it, let's say. Or they haven't accepted it. So when it comes to things that they get their information on, I met a, uh, I have someone that comes to the bar and they have, uh, they're well-educated, super well-educated, working on their doctorate, but they're a QAnon follower. Now, I never call those people stupid. That doesn't make them stupid. It makes them sick. What they do is they throw away doubt in when people believe in conspiracies. They accept a unsubstantiated claim and throw out a substantiated claim. And nowadays it's going to be a lot to do that because of deep fake videos. But years ago they didn't have that. Or they, if they did, it was only Hollywood. But a lot of times people were just going to say, look at the flag on the moon. You can see how it is. It's waving or something like that. And they, they always have a reason what to say that it didn't happen. But they don't take in the whole experience realizing, once again, when people say that the U.S. did not land on men on the moon and return them, remember our antagonists or, or foes in the international arena, the Soviets and the Chinese accepted that as a fact, that that happened. And the Chinese are currently trying to be the second country to put people on the moon. And I shouldn't have said men. I should have said people, but it happened to be men. And there were white men, obviously. So we have different types of people woefully under underinformed, let's say. And that's by choice sometimes. Now there's some people that have don't have the ability to understand complex ideas. They just don't have it. But most people do. It's intellectual I believe it's intellectual laziness. And they said, Oh my God, when you start talking to them and you start throwing other things at them, they'll just go back and they have their four or five facts and that's it. That's it. They cannot accept more than five or six or whatever or from other sources. But the one thing everyone has, and and conspiracy theories exist on the right and left. Currently, right now, the right is the most resource rich with conspiracy theories or the ones that's using it the most. I mean, they do exist on the left. And the left did it. There was, you know, when he, when you look at anti-Semitism, it's almost like a big circle. You start going out right where you go all the way to right, and it's 90. When you get 90 degrees to the right, straight out away from it, you got Nazis, diehard Nazis. 
And then on the left, you have diehard utopian communists like Pol Pot. And then it goes all the way around and they meet in the bottom. But they always take out groups. They take a group and they have to demonize them. And what I found most in the diehard believers, the ones that believe in conspiracies, they rarely have doubts. They hold a doubt in their head. They have to have certainty. So think of it with religious believers. You don't find tons of doubters in church. They may be married to people that are diehards and they go there for them and the children. But there's always like a couple of doubters. And the diehards drag the rest of us along because they're certain. They're certain of the answer or they're certain of the issue. And they accept it. And then they get this thing called a confirmation bias. And what is a confirmation bias? Is the only filter, they see life with a filter, and the only filter information to confirm their preconceived biases. Now, I have a friend who's a writer who insisted that Democrats are looking for a socialist state, much in the manner of the former Soviet Union. And everything he filters through his head is under that confirmational bias. And he likes talking to people that are open because he can use the information he has in confirmational bias and just spew out the facts he knows that confirm his idea. He will not see as valid at any information that may speak ill of his goal. And his goal being that liberalism is all bad. Well, I know that's not true. And I understand that free market isn't all bad and capitalism isn't all bad. That's the plight of the moderate in every place. Think about it. You're Jim Jones. If you follow the Jim Jones story, it's something for younger listeners it happened in, it started in the 60s and the seven, late 70s. It culminated into a pastor on the, I think it was the West Coast, Jim Jones. He had a congregation. Eventually, uh, he was a, I, some Christian denomination. I don't even want to say it, but I have it in my head what I think it is. But he starts making it more of a cult of personality that he is the main conduit to God. And he speaks directly to God. And so that's where it became a cult. And he moves all his people to Georgetown, Guyana, on the north eastern coast of South America. And he sets up a community there, a commune. And he brings all these Americans down. And there's a couple locals and stuff like that. And he has his cult. And at one point, a concerned relatives of the people that belong to it get a hold of a congressman and you're trying to find a fact-finding commission, send them down there. And you could get the story. What happened eventually? They sent people down there and ended up murdering a lot, all or or most of the people in the fact-finding commission as they were ready to leave. And when that was happening, Jim Jones, the sir, had everyone drink poison-laced soft drink, and I don't want to trash it. It could have been whatever it was, some 
some kind of fruit juice. But a lot of people took it willingly. He told them their demise would happen and they, they, they had to do this in order to achieve their salvation. And it was game over for them in this world. And they accepted it. Now, that's diehard. They accepted everything he said. And their confirmation bias was just like Jim Jones or David Koresh or Joseph Smith or the Pope or, any, uh, or some rabbi. I, I know I picked some religious people. How about political or political people? People that accept the political or, or even social comments by political leaders and accept it as the truth. And anything that's negative, they will filter out and reason away. And it happens more and more. And with moderates, we're sitting in the, you, we have agnostics and things like that. You have certain but angry, angry agnostics are atheists, right? They're certain there's no God. They're certain, which I I mean, there is no reason that they will. There, there is, but to reject the certain with certainty that there's no higher power, I don't get that either. But who knows? Who knows? Right? And that's the plight of the moderate. And the moderate gets mashed to bits by people on either side. During the Russian Revolution, social democrats and not strong enough minded socialist or light you know you know some people that believed in some free enterprise communist they were crushed they were crushed by the revolutionaries during the french revolution they got crushed the people if you weren't considered the right extreme of republicanism and republicanism in france was anti-monarchy it's funny it was anti- it was more liberal in France. It was the anti-monarchist party, but it was so extreme at, in Paris where they started killing their allies. So the plight of the moderate is the worst when it comes in there. I mean, obviously there's always a class. There's a group of people that could blame too. I'm sure there were business people or wealthy people that supported them. There were wealthy people that supported the October Revolution. They were anti uh, czar in Russia. They were a lot of them were killed too. In every revolution, if you weren't giving your credentials and you weren't certified as pure enough, the Aryans, like in, in Nazism, you consider yourself German. You weren't Jewish, but you're 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 something else. They would say, "Oh, you're Catholic," or so you're too beholden to the Pope, or or whatever. You're not Aryan enough. And there's always that extremism and stuff like that. But they filter this. And the plight of the moderate is is to be crushed by both sides. Because you don't have the certainty. You don't have the certainty. And it's hard to get a banner of people to say, hey, we're moderate. We're middle of the road. Let's go. We love our neighbors. We love our country. We support our troops. We support our police. We believe in rights of the victim. We believe that there's due process for people that are accused of crime. 
We believe there is a place for the government to step in when there's hardship and to help out. We believe there is a belief in free enterprise. And for some reason, you got to be all or nothing. Like, yes, we provide a top flight education to everyone, but we shouldn't be charging $100,000 for a shitty one. I said several years ago that this online university is charging the same fees as in person is ridiculous because the cost structure is differently. The structure is much differently because an online professor can do more classes. There's less just movement. There's more time for them to do it. There, you know, For online, you can have bigger classrooms. And forget about market papers and stuff like that. A lot of it's done, you know, obviously computers do a lot of things unless you're doing a written one where you have to do it. You have to look at it manually and visually, but eventually they're probably going to work around that. But the cost savings of an online, the cost for an online university, it's much lower than a brick and mortar university. And there's brick and mortar universities. Their costs are much higher. But their costs have risen dramatically, too. We used to have state-funded education. And a moderate in that view for education, my view is education is a resource. But if you use it intelligently by educating your population, you're raising the tide for everyone. You're raising everyone's knowledge. You're raising everyone's ability and skills. Not everyone has to go to college. There's trades and all that stuff. We understand that too. But it should be a merit-based system. I just watched a show about the, you know, that lady from Saved by the Boss, uh, Saved by the Bell, not Saved by the Bell, uh, who's the boss maybe or something like that, whatever, Lori Loughran. But the Varsity Blues case, meaning you have these privileged, influential people for their kids to get through the side door to get into universities, exclusive universities. And just because someone has a degree from Harvard or Yale, Princeton, Caltech, MIT, well, Caltech and MIT, depending on which departments you get it from, I tend to weigh that they know what they're doing, Harvard Medical and things like that. It doesn't mean you can't get a quality education going to community college getting an associate degree and going on to a state school. Because most of the work is done by the student. Their job is learn. You don't get better information if you get, if you take the information and use it wisely. There's lots of crazy people that went to great schools. There's a lot of incompetent people that went to great schools. You know, we have this status thing with this in the United States. And confirmation bias proves that in the head of some people, if you just graduate from Harvard, you're a quality individual. And if you graduated, let's say, from Florida State, not the same. Well, there's super intelligent people that are going to Florida State right now. And they tend to be, some of them may be a little social and stuff like that. You can't really tell. Look at them sometimes until you see the quality of their work. So I, w- I had this tendency to think 
as if people can be, I know they, they love certainty, a quality of leadership, being certain, certain of one thing. You know who wasn't certain? Abraham Lincoln wasn't certain. <clears throat> he wasn't certain when he first got elected. He was not. He was anti-slavery, but he wasn't abolitionist. There's a distinct difference. Anti-slavery believed that there shouldn't be a growth of slavery and there should be a slow winnowing of slavery out of American uh, the American system. There should be no new slavery, no this, and it should just die its death. Now, the onset of the Civil War, they it was made about states' rights and things like that. And they, the South had a problem because they didn't. They wanted the growth. They said if there was no growth of slavery, then we're treating them like slavery's bad. You're trying to offset their idea that it's their way of life, it's an economic well-being, it's going to always, always be. And we're set in terms that it's not always going to be, and it's going to disappear eventually. And they decided, well, we're going to go it alone. Now, and they made in their head, it may not have been about slavery. It could have been about state rights, but it became about slavery. And the doubter Abraham Lincoln came about to realizing not only he believed slavery wrong, wrong that the abolition of slavery, first starting with the Emancipation Proclamation, and then the amendment later towards the end of the Civil War, ending all slavery under the jurisdiction of the federal government, that was a doubter's way of reaching a conclusion. Right? And that's that's a moderate's life. And what happens to that what happened to that moderate? He was a moderate. He was an extremist. He wasn't a garrison or Frederick Douglass. Abraham Lincoln was a moderate and he was treated like a radical by a Southern nationalist, John Wilkes Booth, when he was assassinated and held up as the great emancipator, which he was more of a moderate. I say moderate lots of times, but when you one side is going to betray you, if you're a moderate, I get accused of being a socialist, a communist, and stuff like that for holding different views and being able to traffic in those circles. If I have friends that are conservative, I say, listen, just open up your head not all things are bad. Doing background checks on, for people with guns, making sure they're not crazy or have anger issues. Okay? A gun's not going to go out and kill somebody, but a crazy person with a gun can go out and kill somebody. I'm sorry to get on my political stance for that, but this is what happens in the bar. It's part of the bar. See, You come up with people and they just spout these things and they think you believe exactly what they, they think. And I know automatically that they don't have a doubt. They're certain of it. And when you're certain of it, you got to do that in front of your people. I say your people, people that believe what you believe. And you have to be certain of it. Because the rest of us don't want to hear it. We're doubters. I know there's a lot of doubters at my bar. They don't want to hear me, the true believer and stuff like that. Sometimes I get, when I'm reacting to someone as a, um, from one side or the other. And I'm more recently, it's, I've been reacting to the other side. But I have been in arguments with people on the opposite side. I had a girlfriend who was uh, a girl we 
hung out together, you know, did that thing that people in their 20s do where you hang out, friends with benefits. And she was very progressive, very left, left-leaning. She called me a, re, um, she called me a reactionary because I didn't agree with her. She was very, she was like an extreme, almost extreme communist. She ended up, obviously, she gets older, they always kind of, a lot of times they switch over. She was pretty white up. I'm sure she ended up marrying someone. And then here's me, this is a confirmation bias. I'm sure of it. No, I'm not sure of it. She could have remained that way, but I think she moderated her views the last time I seen her. So, you know, I guess the real question is like whether you believe the earth is flat and we got people that come in and certain the earth is flat and everything you hear about it, information about the earth not being flat, they reject and they accept their scientific theories about ice mountains that hold these in and, and what the stars are and things like that in the sky. I mean, why not think why wouldn't they just think they're in the matrix? Because that's just as crazy an idea. We're in the matrix. Right? And there are scientists that believe that, that everything that exists is information on the surface of a black hole. And we're just a big computer program following the steps of the program. That's it. Even me talking today is part of the program. Don't latch on to that. Don't become crazy. Now, if you tend to believe that is the case, then I hope I didn't send you further down that rabbit hole. Because there's always room for doubt. Because they change our perception of what the universe is. There's Yesterday I was reading about pocket galaxies, tiny galaxies that only have like 100 million stars in it or 20 million stars in it. And it's a 20 million, that sounds like a lot. Well, they're talking about like in a regular galaxy like the Milky Way, which is considered a large galaxy, having 100 billion. 100 billion. So, whatever it is, how old the universe is and stuff like that, we're still learning. I mean, we who, who knows? Can't be certain, right? Well, some of you are. And I understand that. Don't be offended that if I doubt. Because there's a lot of doubters out there. And we're the moderates. And we are a lion's share of the people. The reason why the power shifts so much is the moderates can't make up their minds. And the people that are certain, if they get 25 to 30% of the thing and just vote one way, the more closed view, single-minded your view is, the more likely it is to pass. People that are doubting, you can peel off a couple votes for them. And that's where you get your majorities from or you're winning elections. Because you have a certain you have people that will just be certain that this limited information they get is the right information. And the rest of us are left clawing at the thing. We can't be certain, but we got to go with someone that's going to be someone more doubtful than you. Oh yeah, there's no way that man affects climate. That's They're certain of it. So they reject every scientific theory, every scientific theory, unless there's one guy from the Petroleum Institute that says this. And then they'll go, well, there's one. Well, that's it. Uh, 
I want to just do a brief thing. Shout out to the Catch Restaurant at Mile Marker 102 in Key Largo, Oceanside. Open every day for lunch and dinner. Happy hour Monday, Friday, 3.30, 6.30 with great food and drink prices. And also, if you bring your own catch in that's cleaned and filleted, they'll cook it up any way you want. They also have a nice selection of non-seafood dishes for you people that don't eat seafood. It's a fun place. And uh, if you go there, tell them the Keys Bartender sent you. If you have any questions, please contact me at jim at keysbartender.com. Thank you very much and have a lovely day.